Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Care Package to Japan, where we showcase God's love through stories of people. I am your host, Evangeline, and today I have Jonathan on the show. So Jonathan is someone that I've been following on Instagram for a pretty long time, and I also follow his music on YouTube. So I'm super giggity today because I can't believe I actually get to interview him live on <laughs> Zoom, which is super cool. So Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. For those that don't know you, could you give maybe a brief overview or summary of who is Jonathan? What are you about? Who are you? What do you like to do? <laughs> sure. So my name is Jonathan. I live in Manchester in the UK and I've grown up here, been born here. I'm part of like a big musical family. I'm the youngest of seven kids and I pretty much from an early age was just surrounded with a lot of music and also grew up in church. So I'm a pastor's kid and kind of grew up in that church environment and music and like expressing faith were always linked to me. So that's kind of always what I was used to. But job wise, I thought I was going to be, I actually wanted to do animation. That was like my main thing that I was really excited about. And that led me into all different creative things. I ended up with graphic design, which I really enjoyed. And so I worked for a graphic designer for about five years while making music in my spare time. And then I was just trying to express creatively, like worship to God. And so I was doing that from home, writing these little songs on my laptop and putting them out on SoundCloud. And then gradually they started to reach more people. And I just remember the first email I got, I think it was from Chile or just somewhere I've never been to before. And I was like, wow, these songs are reaching more than my friends now. So it's really just been a journey of doing that. and. Like my passion is just to express faith creatively in any kind of creative outlet, whether it's design or music or film or you know, all that kind of stuff. And I spend a lot of time with creative people talking about how we use faith that way. And so, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. And for the people that haven't heard your music, how would mm. you describe your style of music? Mm. It's a very difficult one to describe. <laughs> I feel like every album I do, I change genre. But uh, in general, it's like chilled music. Some of that is like fully acoustic. Some of it is very electronic. Some of it's somewhere in between. I mix a bit of jazz, hip hop, classical stuff in there sometimes. But generally in the realm of like chilled music. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I I tell people that you're my favorite lo-fi Christian artist. <laughs> and then yeah. people's next question to me will be, what is lo-fi? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh, wait, you don't know what lo-fi is? Like, it's a very <laughs> chill, almost like electronic music, but very yeah. chill. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so this show is about showcasing God's love for Japan. And you do have some soft, well, from following your YouTube, you do have some songs with strong inspirations from Japan. Yeah. I love to hear a little bit about typically where do you get inspirations from? And also two, what is your connection to Japan and how you specifically got inspired for the song? I think I'm referencing Shinjuku, which is one of yeah. your lo-fi on your album. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, song inspiration 
it comes from a lot of different places, but usually it's anything that I'm reading, anything that just is inspiring me. And I'm like a like a hardcore note taker. So <laughs> I have like just notes everywhere, loads of things on my phone, whether it's written notes, voice memos, I'm just like collecting things that are inspiring me all the time. So anything that's like, as I'm reading the Bible that jumps out or anything, a book I'm reading, but also like visuals or just certain photos can like spark an idea. So I'm just always collecting that kind of inspiration. And then can we, can we talk a little more about that? I love to hear your process of that. So is Mm -hmm. it like when you think of something that inspires you, you just capture it and you mentally know all the different places that you collected those data? (laughs) Is that what it is? Um, It's not super organized. I think I tend to have, I just have a notes app and then I like tag everything in there. So I have a tag that's like dreams or like Bible things or one's just called like thoughts and I just dump anything in there. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of just all making sure I've got some record of kind of what's going on in my head and what kind of things I'm noticing. A lot of musical ideas are more like voice memos. So a lot of them are in the car or when I'm walking around, I have like, I'm just up to 318 voice memos at the moment of uh, (laughs) me like singing random things. I'll just be in the car going, okay, the drum beat goes like this, and then the piano line does this. And I'm trying to like explain to my future self how to remember what I'm hearing in my head. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, just trying to keep record of it. And then I don't have like a set schedule for like songwriting, but whenever I make the time, then I'm like opening up those notes apps and going through the voice memos being like, okay, what have I collected over the past few weeks? And is there anything in there that can turn into a song? Yeah. That's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. It's always so fun to dive into a mind of a creative because Mm. it's so interesting how like God creates different people very differently and the way that they weave and like weave those things and gain those, um, I call them datas, but but like gain those little insights from the world and what they produce out of it is so cool. And I really appreciate creatives because I think create, creating, the act of creating is something that is very much in the nature of God. Yeah. Creating is harder than not creating. And I think it's so beautiful that artists do that. So I know from your previous videos that you've been to Japan. Can you give a little context of that? Like, was it to visit? Was it for inspiration? Was it for fun? Yeah. um, I mean, my connection with Japan goes back quite a long way. So when I was really young, I used to like watch loads of Japanese shows. <laughs> so we just, there seemed to be a lot in the UK. Obviously it was like Pokemon and like all the a- animated stuff. What was uh, your favorite childhood childhood uh, show, like Japanese show? Probably, I mean, I did have a huge Pokemon collection with like toys and t-shirts and everything. <laughs> nice. I also loved, there's a show called Takeshi's Castle that was like, just like a game show where you kind of start, I think there's like a hundred people and they have to get through all the rounds and try and make it to the end. It was just chaotic. But like every day after school, I came home and watched that show. (laughs) Um, And then even going into high school, for some reason, the high school I went to 
it had this like exchange program with Japan and we used to there was a teacher that came in to teach us how to write the characters and then we had these like pen pals where we would write letters there and get letters back from another school in Japan and I think something in my brain was like just fascinated with the fact that these letters were coming from like the other side of the world and I was like daydreaming about what's that place like and you know all the language looks different sounds different and yeah I kind of always just had it in the back of my mind even from being like eight or nine years old like one day I want to go to Japan <laughs> I kind of forgot about that honestly for a long time and it wasn't until maybe I was like 25 26 and I worked for a ministry at the time that was a big missions organization so a big like lots of evangelists were part of the ministry I was the graphic designer so I was like the behind the scenes person but um yeah they would send teams into like schools into prisons into like some of the like poorest areas in the UK and just shed the, spread the gospel and there was also a bit of traveling involved in that so there was one guy that I knew who went to Japan about seven times and like it was just somewhere he was connected with like as a missionary I think it was I don't remember the year exactly but whenever the movie Your Name came out which is like Makoto Shinkai's film it was obviously a very popular one and like worldwide popularity but I remember watching that film and it was animated but set in Tokyo just seeing those city scenes again I was like oh man I remember when I was a kid and I always wanted to go to Japan and like, I wonder what happened to that dream. I kind of like put it on the shelf. And I just remembered this guy and I thought, okay, I'm going to go and speak to him and just see potentially if he's got any trips coming up or just kind of explore it a little bit. And I just met with him and he was literally like, bro, I'm going to go to Japan. Do you want to come with me? <laughs> um, and even the time slot that he had was like the only time in my year that I had free and it just worked out really well. And so yeah, I ended up going over with him and just... It was kind of just an exploration trip. I was like meeting a lot of Christians in Japan, a lot of missionaries over there. Obviously it's a very, for those who don't know, like <laughs> very small population of Christians in the country and you know, less than 1% people say. So it was really special just to meet Christians serving over there and hear their stories. And I think just being there, seeing the people and even their appreciation for like creativity as well, because that's been a big part of my journey. I was like, wow, this is a culture that's so modern and yet so unreached and so like intertwined with this idea of like beauty and art and creativity. There's a lot of it that I could like relate to in that way, but just like felt this burden in this heart um, for them as a people as well. And some of the issues of the country, I guess, and the you know depression and all that kind of stuff that's going on. And so, yeah, I came back from that trip. It was a two week trip and just immediately knew like this is going to be somewhere I go more than once and um, went back two more times after that and then obviously COVID happened as well so <laughs> still waiting for when I'll next go but yeah that trip even just touring around places and seeing things definitely inspired some music as well like I think the beat tape album that I made I wrote after that second trip to Japan that I went to and it was yeah a big inspiration for the album so. If you could think back on your first trip to Japan, what was what are some of the emotional words that you would associate with that trip? It was this strange, there was like a contrast to it, I would say, where on one hand, in my purely like tourist brain, <laughs> I'm like, this place is beautiful, like the scenery is amazing, you know, 
the city of Tokyo itself, I absolutely loved. Like, I'm a city guy, but just the fact that it was so big and yet had a, each like district had its own flavor, and it, there was like a quietness to it, even though it was really big. And just there were a lot of things that I loved and thought this is a really beautiful place. But then meeting people and hearing some of their stories of people that have grown up there and their struggles, I was like, wow, this seems like a very heavy place at the same time. Like, there's a lot of sadness there in a lot of ways and people carrying lots of shame and people that live very isolated and yeah just hearing people talk about the struggles and just even how much it's kind of i don't know how to describe it but i guess certain parts of like the japanese culture is almost like this hard shell <laughs> where they're trying to break through with i guess sharing the gospel and all of that so yeah i found this sense of like this is beautiful and also there's this kind of sadness and heaviness at the same time. And experiencing both of those at once was just like an interesting thing to try and balance. How do you even process that as a Christian? I think that's a big, big theme for people, especially coming out of the pandemic. So I love for you to talk sure. a bit about that. Yeah. 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 I think um, there's a real need for like community. I think everywhere. <laughs> um, it's something we definitely noticed back home. And like you say, during lockdown time and the pandemic, like everyone became very separated. Um, and I think it was quite apparent how that plays out in mental health as well. And, you know, just your overall well being, if you're completely on your own and unable to see the people that you know, it's, it's difficult. And I think we had to learn that practically ourselves over that time of like, making those intentional things of like, okay, I'm going to go out on a walk and I'm going to see this person and I'm going to like keep building these interactions into my life. But I think especially as Christians, like it's so needed. I think it's part of our like life source. Obviously we have the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. and But I think part of growing as a Christian is to like be in community with other people and to be journeying with people who challenge you and you can journey with things together and you get this like more vivid, bigger picture of who God is when you're around a community of people who are following Jesus and seeing both individuals who may be on their own and missionaries who might feel on their own. My heart was just like, oh man, I wish I could like be a community for you and provide that community for you. But I can't really do this as like a two week tourist and then leave. But <laughs> I just know even the few days we spent with some people was like really valuable for them. And I was glad of that, but I was like, I want to do more than a few days. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've, I have this, I have similar sentiment and I really do think that God equipped us to be the body of Christ with different giftings for various mm. reasons. For example, I personally don't feel, well, at least for now, um, I don't feel called long-term in Japan and mm. my blood sister is living she's not we're, we're both not Japanese um, but my blood sister is currently living physically in Tokyo yeah and I really do feel this almost like I wouldn't call it calling because calling feels really big mm -hmm. <laughs> but like I feel this and maybe it's not like responsibility but I feel this urge to support her like whatever she needs whether it be emotionally or creating a safe space for her to vent or praying for her or checking up on her and 
I really do feel like that's how God operates. It's like when we each step into and own up to what we're supposed to do in the body of Christ, that we're all functioning, that like she's there in the front lines and I'm here backing her up. And then you're making awesome music, music touching <laughs> tens of thousands of people. Um, yeah, so I really want to just like emphasize that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for going and thank you for experiencing Japan because now a part of your heart knows that country and knows how to partner with God in that. And I think that's, yeah. that's beautiful. And that's, that's worth noting. Um, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I definitely hope to go back whenever we can. <laughs> and also yeah. I have a, a connection with my friend Philip Shibata, who he was a guitarist in my band and we like run a ministry together. So he's like blood Japanese and his parents were missionaries there. And well, they're actually missionaries to Canada from Japan <laughs> and then moved back to Japan. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, they helped, So they, like, they came from Japan to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. They were oh, missionaries to the Canadians from Japan, which is interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've moved back there now. And so he grew up there in his like teenage years. And yeah, that was just like one of those extra connections when he joined the band. So we both talk about Japan a lot and plan our future trips together. So <laughs> I'm sure there'll be another one soon, I hope. I hope so too. Yeah. Can you talk about specific things that you remember that gravitated towards the creation of the mm. album that you have? Yeah. So around the time I was on that trip, I think it was the second trip to Japan or the first. I don't remember. <laughs> they kind of merged in my head. It may have been the first. Actually, it was, yes. There was one night on that trip where we were in Tokyo. We were helping out these filmmakers to like create this short film project and ended up staying up till like 2 a.m. And we missed the last train back to where we were supposed to stay. And then we ended up just like walking around in the middle of the night and staying up till sunrise until the train started again and then going back home. It was just one of my favorite days of the whole thing, like watching like the city of Tokyo wake up almost. Like you're seeing this very silent place where nobody's here and suddenly it's like 5 a.m. and the light's creeping up and the businessmen are starting to come off the trains already. And <laughs> just kind of watching that happen, I found really beautiful and just inspiring visually and creatively. And then I came home from that trip and I was like feeling jet lag and I'm lying awake at 3 a.m. and just staring at the ceiling. And <laughs> it just kind of got me thinking about time in this like funny way of like how there are different like moods and feelings to each hour of the day and how the way the night feels is different to how the day feels and there's just all of these beautiful movements even in the sky and all of that and basically it reminded me of psalm 19 i think it's psalm 19 which says the heavens declare the glory of god and the skies proclaim his handiwork and it talks about like day unto day pours forth knowledge night on tonight give speech or something like that and essentially talks about the fact that like the sky is like god's masterpiece every day that he like paints and creates and that wherever you are in the world you can like see his message because we can see the sky and we can see what he's created and it's like it speaks of his creativity and who he is and his like majesty and splendor and all of that and 
it just kind of got my mind on this whole rabbit trail of like expressing through music how different hours in the day would sound and the different moods and atmospheres of each time of day but in that recognizing like how god is present in all of it like how he's present at 3 a.m and how he's present in the morning time and all of that stuff so i was creating a lot of electronic music at that point and i was making all these short beats and instrumental songs and i didn't really know what to do with them until this trip and i started thinking about this time idea and i was like okay what if it was 24 songs for the 24 hours in a day and I just had so much fun exploring that concept and thinking that, okay, what does 6am sound like? What does 7am sound like? Again, that thing of like collecting ideas and visual cues, like so much of that album was inspired by that Japan trip. I was like going back through videos and photos I took at those different hours and I'd literally like have them on my screen while I'm composing the song and just be like, okay, what did that time of day feel like? And some of them were specific places like the song Shinjuku was like pictures that I took around there and some of the sounds from that scene and things like that. There's even, hopefully they don't find out and give me a copyright thing. <laughs> there was like one of the songs near the start of the album, I like really faintly mixed in the sound, like the song that it plays at the train stations. Like every train station has its own little jingle in Japan. And so, yeah, there's like, one of the songs that was inspired by like the morning commute and a train journey and it ends with like a little sample of one of the songs from a train station in Tokyo. So <laughs> there's a lot of little samples weaved in from that trip. So definitely inspired the album a lot. I feel like you really embody and exemplify God's presence through his beauty. And I love for you to talk a little bit about that specifically in in the context that I'm in, where where I currently work, where I currently live, and I think in most of America, like people are very output oriented. People are highly efficient, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And, and people in Japan are also very efficient as well. I find that there is a tension and feel free to challenge me, but I find that there is a tension between like the need to be efficient and really embracing beauty and for what it is. There's definitely a challenge in today's culture that just feels increasingly high speed in so many <laughs> areas of life. And a big theme of that project was like recognizing God's presence, but also actually slowing down and making time to be aware of God's presence and like listening. So like, like that Psalm says about how the heavens declare the glory of God. Like if the sky is like God's beautiful picture that he paints every day, like how often do I stop and just look at it or even pay attention to what's happening in the sky? <laughs> and likewise, you know, how much am I taking time at different hours in my day to just like be still and listen and like receive from what God wants to say? Because so often we're just distracted with things or we're busy getting on with things or trying to be productive. And I think there's a lot of great stuff that can happen in being productive and doing work. But I think especially with art and beautiful things, like to create something really meaningful, I think it takes time. It's not going to be like an instant thing that just appears. And I always feel that way with my songs. I don't just want to sit down for a like standard writing session and just think, okay, what do I make today? just pluck a Bible verse out of somewhere and 
hope something else rhymes with it and <laughs> try and write a quick song like I want to create something that's had time to like stew and develop and that I've been like sitting with for a long time and thinking about it in a more deep way and then then I feel like there's deeper roots that you can draw from to like create and to actually make something and I just get really inspired by like things like cathedrals like there's been times where there's just really beautiful things that have been made whether it's buildings or pieces of art that have taken like multiple generations sometimes to create something just to like reflect the beauty of God and to be a place where people can come and worship and I'm like I don't just want to create like Instagram songs that will <laughs> appear on a feed and then disappear a day later like I want to create something long lasting and something that is worthwhile and beautiful and I think that takes more time than just rushing with trying to be productive like it takes listening and being still as well yeah I commend you for your faith um the why the reason why I say faith is this this particular idea is something that I'm personally reckoning with of God is the God of not just our generation but generations yeah um and it takes a lot of faith to see beyond that like mm. to see beyond what I can currently see to see beyond my lifetime like you just yeah. said like hey like I want it to last mm. I love for you to talk a little bit about how and maybe you just arrived here like to go that's something <laughs> that I've always wanted but I love for you to talk a little bit about that journey of like no I don't want to just be hot on Instagram for two seconds like I want my songs to have long lasting impact like whatever that means in mm. in in God's eyes and how you arrive at the idea of yeah I really wanted to endure rather than like instantaneous grat gratification type of thing yeah. yeah 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 it's a good question um I don't know if it's something I developed over time or if it was kind of always there but I think yeah I think it's just something I felt even from being a kid like just the first time I heard that visited a cathedral and heard that the person that designed that didn't see it built because <laughs> it was like generations after that he saw it that it was finished kind of blew my mind I was like yeah. why would you do that why would you design something and not be able to see it finished and then exactly it doesn't make sense <laughs> logically that's why right. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> But then I think the more I've like, even just reading scripture, I guess, and hearing about, you know, storing up treasures in heaven and the eternal perspective and realizing that there's like, there's work that we can do here that might be valued by other people and appreciated, but may not have like eternal significance. And even things like the alabaster jar, like the way the lady just pours out perfume, seems like a wasteful thing that even, made the people around angry when she did that <laughs> and like they said it was a waste it could have been so much other stuff but like Jesus said that she's done a beautiful thing for me and that that story was told then throughout scripture and we still talk of it now and I think I just kind of have that desire I guess that like I want the things that I make and just the way I spend my life to be something that Jesus calls beautiful and even if other people don't appreciate it or respect it. <laughs> like valuing his opinion of more than the opinion of just people around me and 
I guess that's almost a, it can be like a fear or a, um, yeah, you can kind of like be a servant to creating for just the opinions of other people or try and have that higher mentality of like, okay, this is actually okay if people don't like it as long as I'm doing something Jesus calls beautiful. It's definitely a challenge because there are some days where I just want a viral video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. The deeper desire than that. Though. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about the journey of your faith? How do you strengthen yourself in the Lord when things get hard? When your emotions are not aligned with what you know is true from the Bible? It's a great question. <laughs> I think I've found a lot of comfort and strength in the Psalms just because I feel very related to David in a lot of ways where like he just kind of puts everything out on the paper and like sometimes Paul's letters are just full of so much truth and like, yeah, come on, like <laughs> encouragement. Um, which I love and I need that. And then there's sometimes where like you say, like my emotions aren't like there with it and I'm not feeling that. And I love that there's Psalms where David's just like expresses what he feels, even when it's like down and when it's, you know, the struggles that he's going through and all of his like questions and doubts and all of that stuff is just like in there in the pages and expressed, which I feel like almost gives room for that like the fact that that's in scripture <laughs> it shows that like there's it's okay to process those things and to feel that way a lot of the psalms do return to then to a place of hope and like reminding ourselves of the truth but i love that it gives permission to express <laughs> the kind of struggles and the times where we don't feel like we're supposed to how i like strengthen myself and all of that like it's very simple it's just the basics of like prayer and reading the bible and trying to be around other people that encourage me because sometimes I feel like I don't have that strength myself but just to be around other people who do is like oh yeah okay <laughs> like and sometimes I might be that person for somebody else so that's why I think the community is really important too but yeah and I think another thing is kind of spending time with God for his sake and not for needs and not for things that we're just like asking for I was listening to a sermon the other day where Somebody was talking about the difference and the disciples before Jesus was died, Jesus died and was raised, where they were kind of with Jesus and they came to him and they walked with him. But it was very much like they would try and do things and come back and say, okay, Jesus, we need this. We need help with this thing. Then afterwards in Acts, like even Pentecost, they're just waiting in the upper room and they're just there to like pray and to fast until God says what he wants to do and then they will like go and do that so there's a contrast of like to begin with they're asking Jesus for help with their specific things and then afterwards it's like we're just going to wait and be with God whatever he wants like we'll do that and so that's something I'm learning now is like when I pray not just to show up with my list of like all right here's all these things I want <laughs> but just to show up and say okay God I'm here I'm just going to wait and like listen to whatever you want to say and like I want what you want, not just for you to respond to what I want. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Going back to Mary with the alabaster jar, I think it ties in with what you were talking about of like she really saw Jesus for his worth. 
Mm. And I think that's something that like I am personally praying over for my life too, because like unless I am so captivated by who he is apart from his blessings, mm -hmm. like intimacy with him is not possible to develop unless I like really see him for who he is. And that's just been a continual prayer for me. Yeah. I love for you to talk about how you continue to, I guess, like develop that muscle, because I think there is one part of it that's like we have to do. And obviously God is sovereign and God is graceful and it is his love that leads us to repentance. Yeah. But like there is one aspect where like we respond as well. Yeah. My big weak point is like I'm really unorganized. <laughs> so I always struggle with any like routine and rhythm and just trying to build that in my life. Like, do you have any? Do you have any current routines? Oh, I've tried so many. <laughs> um, I, like I do wake have, up in the morning, five minutes yeah. of yoga, and then ten minutes <laughs> of drinking coffee, and then writing yeah. down my notes for the day. <laughs> no, none <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> I was gonna make one of these like morning routine videos, and then I was like. It wouldn't inspire anybody because it's just so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I'm definitely more of a nighttime person. Like my mornings are so slow and I'm just like trying to just wake up at all. But <laughs> even my mum, like a few weeks back said, she's like, you might be a musician, but your life doesn't have any rhythm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so savage. Um, kind of true. Uh, but I'm saying all that, like, that's been my, I guess, challenge is that a lot of these basic things, like they're often called the spiritual disciplines, right? Just the thing of reading your Bible, praying, worshiping, spending time in community. And a lot of that, like it takes discipline, even though it's something that we can enjoy and like is really life-giving. And sometimes I question that and I'm like, how come every time I'm spending time doing these things, I feel like, that's so what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> and every time I've spent time reading and praying and all of that, I come out feeling like, yes, I want to do this all the time. And then like a week later, there's like no desire in me to do that. And it's like, I'm having to discipline myself again and be like, come on, we've got to put this in and make it work. I think it's a case of, it's something that starts with discipline and then becomes like a delight thing. And it becomes something that is enjoyable. And it's that sort of, maybe it's like working out almost, where it's like, it might not be something you want to do, but actually that little bit of effort to do it is like way better in the long run and makes your whole day feel better. And for me, it's just, I really try and discipline myself and I'm not good at it at all. <laughs> but I just try and set some routines. I try and like attach things to things that are already happening. So like, I know that I have breakfast every day. So I was like, okay, when I have breakfast, I'll read the Bible and then those two can go together. Just try and build in those simple rhythms. But what are you I think it is, now? Uh, mine's like a, a routine, but an open routine in that sense of like, I'll make a time that's like, this is my time to spend with God, but it might be reading the Bible. It might be putting worship music on. It might be praying. It might just be sitting there in silence. Like it changes every day, but I'm like, can I at least make some time to do one of those things. Can I ask what your favorite current worship band is or song? Mm. I have a lot. 
I'm sure you do. <laughs> As of like the last few days, it's this duo, they're called Moses Brothers, or it might just be Moses Bros. I think it's Brothers, the full thing on Spotify. But they're these two guys, they're from the UK. I met them at a festival a couple of weeks ago. And I think they're like 18 and 20, so they're like really young. And they have about four or five songs out, but they're so good. And they just like sing scripture, but it's really creative. And yeah, they're like my new favorite band at the moment. <laughs> so I've been listening to them a lot. And also Taylor Armstrong is another favorite artist. So yeah, they're like my morning prayer people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. How would you describe your relationship with worship in this season? Because mm. you are a musician and you do release worship sessions. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. 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 yeah it's been, um, it's been an interesting thing even doing those worship sessions because do you plan those or no no not at all um, so i kind of plan well i spent a lot more time making like my original songs and you know crafting the albums and trying to be really creative but right at the start of lockdown i think it was like march 2020 i saw a worship session from a friend of mine his, his artist name is beloved him and his wife uploaded this worship session on YouTube that's like really simple, just sitting at the piano, singing worship songs for like half an hour. And it so encouraged me in that time because I was kind of sitting at home and for some reason like the big anthemic, like mega worship sound just <laughs> felt really weird when it was just me sitting in my bedroom. But just hearing this simple worship again reminded me of like times where I just worship in home groups or, you know, small church kind of things. and. Yeah, I remember I messaged him and I was like, I love this worship session so much and I think I'm going to do one myself. And the next week I just sat at the piano and uploaded a little video and it ended up like going crazy. I think there's like over a million views on that first one now. And which feels very weird because I didn't think anyone, well, I thought some people would watch it, but I just thought this would be a little thing for lockdown. Um, I just found a lot of joy in doing that. of Just like going back to the simplicity of like that's kind of how I worship at home. There's no performance to it. There's not really even any thought to like make this super creative or impressive. It's just, I'm sitting on my piano and singing old songs, new songs, like anything that comes to my mind and just expressing prayer and worship. And so, yeah, I ended up doing a bunch more of those sessions and I plan on continuing doing them even out of lockdown now. And they just seem to be connecting with people in that way, which is almost like funny to me that like, that that's okay <laughs> like it doesn't have to be something i've spent a year like crafting and making to put on youtube it can just be sit down at a piano and hit record and people like that too so <laughs> you know i think what it is is um i i, I love listening to different worship sessions mm. there's one that i follow from a lady in hokkaido mm. which is a part of japan mm. and all her all her singing are like in Japanese, so I have no idea what she's right. talking about, but I do know it's worship. But I think what draws people in about these worship sessions is that deep connection the individual is having with the Lord. And there's something so sweet and beautiful about that, that just like invites other people into that atmosphere of like one, the either question of like, oh, what does he or she have that I don't have with 
someone above. Like, I want that. Like, how do I get more of that? And I think that's the beautiful thing about what we have in Jesus. Like, I think that intimacy is what we have. And the more we can quote unquote, like break our alabaster jar. So like for you with the keys Mm. between you and the Lord. And even though like in that moment, it's only you and the Lord, but as you invite other people into that space, other people feel God's like presence too. So I just think that the simplicity of that is so, so beautiful and God really delights in that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a real encouragement just um, like some of the things I get tagged in now are just people kind of sitting with the Bible open and the worship session in the background, like to help almost soundtrack people's own time with the Lord is like so special. And even I've seen some comments and videos from people in Japan as well that have like had those sessions on and kind of like feels like one of those full circle things. I'm like, wow, I never thought when I sat and just spent that time with God that. I'd be like leading people in worship on the other side of the world <laughs> or just like helping them connect. So it's been really special. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> to wrap up our interview, I love to ask you. So one, what is one encouragement that you have for people in Japan? It could be any encouragement. And the second one is what is something Japanesey that you absolutely cannot live without so it can be like a food a phrase uh-huh. shiba inu <laughs> so those are the two questions i have for you okay those are hard <laughs> i think the encouragement would be i don't know if people that are there have lived there all their life but just please know that you're in one of the most beautiful countries in the world because <laughs> i've traveled a lot of places with my band and got to see a lot of places and Japan is pretty special. <laughs> I'd encourage you with that. And then something I couldn't live without. Wow. The food is a big one. <laughs> but it's like which Do you have a do you have a favorite? Oh, I really do. Uh it's probably just like the pork, like the tonkatsu where you get in like oh, things with the so rice. Yeah. <laughs> Those are great. <laughs> and uh, it's one of the things that I've never been able to find as good a version here in the UK. <laughs> mm. so I crave it a lot. <laughs> that means you'll just have to go back when you can. I know, I will. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to yeah. record this episode with me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me on. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please give a five star on Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to be featured on the show, email carepackage to japan at gmail.com. And I love to chat with you as well. Until next time.